have uh, thought, it's just out of control around here. Or in your life that you just think, it's just out of control. And you are absolutely right. Um, it is out of our control. And we want to look tonight at, at a few things in relation to that. Um, remind us of things that we can't control. Remind us of a few things that we can control. And then uh, to make some quick, quick applications. Philippians chapter 2, I want to read um, some verses from chapter 2 and also from chapter 3. Chapter 2 of Philippians, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know of your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your estate. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ. Then if you'd look down to chapter 3, and beginning at, at verse 7, Paul is writing to them, and he has reminded them of some of the things that he has experienced. But in verse 7 he says, But what things were gained to me, These I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal, the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as our mature have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. 
Nevertheless, to the degree that ye have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that your spirit would do the ministering tonight. Thank you for the joy of being reminded of truths through the ministry of song. Thank you for the privilege to gather together with fellow believers and and be reminded of our responsibilities, of our privileges. Be reminded that we're not in this alone and to be encouraged in you. And so, Lord, I pray you would accomplish your purposes tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you actually sit down and think of the things that we can control and the things that are out of our control. I mean, think about it. I can't control other people's actions. Do you know how many people frustrate their life by seeking to control other people's actions? Um, We can't control other people's actions. One of the... uh, frustrating things about parenting. You can instruct, you can model, you can discipline, but you can't make them do. You can for a time, maybe, but you can't change their heart. You can't control. They're they're eventually going to get on their own and they're going to do what their little heart wants. And... um, We can't control other people's actions. We can't control other people's opinions. Do you understand there there are people that go through life and they are seeking to gain the approval of various people. It may be one person in their life that they really value and they give their life to gain their approval and and gain a, a positive opinion from them. You can't, you can't control other people's opinions of you. There's some people that, um, for whatever reason, maybe something they've heard, be it true or not, um, they just don't like certain things. And it may be you. And you can't control other people's opinions. You can't control other people's actions. You can't control other people's mistakes. Their mistakes may involve us. They will answer for their mistakes, but God is still in control. Their mistake may kind of affect our life like a gear, and because we're in their life, their mistake may affect us, but we can't control their mistakes. We can't go undo it. We can't go fix it in, in the majority of cases. We are very, very, very limited in that regard. We also can't control blessings. You understand the blessings that we have received? I mentioned this morning, I think it was in Sunday school, the blessing that we're able to live in this country. As bad as it is from uh, that we can list things that are wrong with it, this is still the best place in the world to live. And and yet, we didn't control that. 
And we might say, well, I've worked hard to get the blessing. Do you understand? There are people that have worked harder than any of us here have worked. And they don't have a meal tonight to eat. I mean, I I think often when I was in Ukraine, uh, we went to this village to visit and in this home. And this young man... um, had a wife and I think two kids, was probably in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, and and he was a vegetable farmer. He had nothing but a hoe and a rake and hand tools is all he had. He had 20 acres, which he was a rich man having 20 acres, but everything he raised on that He did it by hand, and he was dependent on God and God giving him the weather, and he was so excited. He said, you need to come out back. God has provided me with a truck that I can haul my my vegetables to the city. We went out back. That thing was a World War II relic truck. I mean, there wouldn't be anybody here that would proudly say, come see my truck. But he was, and it made me realize this, and there are many, many, many examples of people that work, 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 work hard. But it's the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We sometimes, I've worked hard to get what I've got. Who Number one, who gave you the health to work? Who gave you the tools to work? Who gave you the opportunity to work? And who blessed the work? All of that's out of our control. Many of you, and myself included, think often of... Um, of John Leonard, when maybe you have some chore that you have to do that you're not very excited about doing, and you realize, you know, people that are paralyzed, like John Leonard, would love to go do this undesirable chore. But the blessings are out of our control. And so are the adversities that come into our life. Some adversities are the result of sowing and reaping. Some are cause and effect results that come into our life. But there are many adversities that come into our life that aren't a result of of our choices. It's interesting. Some of the... Wonderful stories of success throughout history are born out of great adversity. In fact, in 1962, a book was written, Cradles of Eminence. And they did a revealing study of 413 famous and exceptionally gifted people. They spent time studying them 
uh, trying to understand what produced such greatness, what common thread they might have that ran throughout their outstanding lives. Surprisingly, the most outstanding fact that they concluded that virtually all of them, 392 out of the 413, this was the one common thing. They had to overcome very difficult obstacles in order to become who they were. Thomas Edison was deaf. Abraham Lincoln was born to illiterate parents. Robert Louis Stevenson had tuberculosis. Admiral Nelson had only one eye. Julius Caesar was epileptic. I mean, you could go on and list. Louis Pasteur was so nearsighted that he had a difficult time functioning in the laboratory if he didn't have his glasses. Of course, there's Helen Keller who could not hear or see but graduated with honors from college. Adversities are something that's out of our control. But what is in our control is how we respond. I can't control when an adversity comes, when a blessing comes. I can't control other people, but I can control some things about my life. I can control my attitude. And Paul's writing from a prison, adversity that came into his life that Um, He didn't realize um, was coming, and there he is in prison, and he's writing to these believers in the church at Philippi, and he says, Do all things without murmurings and complaining, that you may be blameless and harmless, the children of God, without rebuke in the midst of this wicked and perverse nation. Paul showed that he could control his own attitude. Viktor Frankl, who was a concentration camp survivor, said, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Each of us chooses our own attitude. We choose whether we're going to complain or whether we're going to rejoice. We choose whether we're going to murmur or whether we're going to give praise. We choose whether we're going to give up or whether we're going to continue and endure. Joe Theismann was a quarterback for primarily the Washington Redskins He had two Super Bowl appearances. One, he won, and then the next year, he lost. When he retired from football, he said that near the end of his career, in looking back, he said, I learned some important things. He said, I learned a very bitter lesson. I became stagnant. I thought the team revolved around me. 
I got where I didn't care whether the pass hit my receiver in the number eight or the number one. I didn't care about that. He said, when we went to the Super Bowl the second time, my approach changed. I was griping about the weather. I was complaining about my shoes. I wasn't happy with the practice times, everything. He says, I now have two Super Bowl rings, one from winning and the other from losing. And he said, both of those have taught me two very important things. That it is my responsibility to choose my attitude in any given set of circumstances. He said, I got where I wasn't pursuing what is best. Thought everything was okay. And he said, that losing has taught me more lessons that I needed in life than anything else. You know, I read that and I thought, we are on God's team. And it's easy for us to get an attitude, ah, I don't care if the ball even gets to him. I don't care if it hits him on the eight or the one, what side it's on. I don't care. This is something that is eternal. We should care what our attitude is. We should not allow ourselves to grow stagnant. And that's another aspect of what we can control. I can control my attitude and I can control my effort. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And notice verse 10, Paul again, writing to the church at Corinth, said in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 15, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Notice what he said. The grace of God was given unto me, and his grace was not given in vain, because he labored more abundantly than they all. We can control our efforts. Someone said, the only thing that comes to us without effort is old age, all right? I really really believe Christianity is in the state it's in because of our attitudes and because of our effort. If If we worked as hard developing our walk with God and knowing God as we do in other things, Things would be different. Paul said, I labored more abundantly so that the grace of God was not given in vain. I honestly believe we'll get to heaven and God say, I gave all this grace that you could have appropriated. I I gave it to you. It's not just grace to save us. It's grace to empower us, to equip us, to overcome temptation. To, to walk in victory. I gave all this grace to you. 
but it was given in vain. It was wasted. You you didn't incorporate it. You didn't um, you didn't put the effort in. It's not our effort. It's God's grace that gives us the effort. But He must have a willing vessel to work through. It does come down to our effort. You know, I, I'm lazy. I don't get out of bed. I don't read my Bible. I I don't make application of the truth of God's word. I I am not going to know God. I am not going to have a strong faith that conquers fear like we talked about. Fifteen years ago or so, a study was done of Japanese mothers and mothers in the United States. And the mothers were asked to rank the most important thing that a child needs to succeed academically. The answers tell a lot about the difference of the two cultures. The mothers in Japan said effort. The mothers in the U.S. said ability. You know what? Sometimes in the Christian life we sit back and say, well, I just don't have the ability to be a strong Christian. No, that's not it at all. God has given us his spirit. Everybody has the ability to walk in the victory. Everybody has the ability to know God as a child of God. And I can control my attitude. I can control my effort. And I can, these are very similar, I can control my actions. You know, we we live in a society that loves to make victims out of everybody. Well, they did that because, no, I am responsible for my actions. I can't blame anyone else. That, that, I joke sometimes that, that wrestling is God's sport because it's in the Bible. One thing that I learned from wrestling is you can't blame anybody else. You can't. It's you and that other guy, and it's not. They didn't get me the ball. They didn't let me play. Wrestling, you have a wrestle-off. It doesn't matter if the coach likes you or not. My coach didn't like me. Honestly, he didn't. In fact, during the wrestle-offs, and that's what, he didn't know how my mind worked. He'd be kind of coaching the other guy, and that made me go harder and harder, and I walked away with a smile on my face every time I beat him. I'm just wired that way, you know. It doesn't matter. There's a wrestle-off. The guy that wins wrestles varsity. The guy that loses wrestles JV. No one to blame. Well, he did this. Quit your whining. Go get better. You can't, Dan Gable learned, you can't even blame the referees. He was wrestling in Russia. He was, he was wrestling one of the top Russians. The Russian went ahead with, uh, I forget, three minutes left in the match, and they stopped the match. Boom, right there. Raised the Russian's hand. He was the winner. Dan Gable didn't whine about it. He didn't cry about it. He said, I learned from that. I am never going to get behind again, and he never did. He went on and won the Olympics and never gave up one point. Oh, man, that's fair. Those those Russians always cheat. You know what? We got too many whining Christians. We need to change our attitude. We need to change our effort. And we need to change our actions. Let me just 
bring some application from this. And Philippians has so many, so many, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible, but it has so many things that we're not able to touch on tonight. But let me just, some application. Even though things are out of our control, number one, submit to the Lord. You know, there's times God prompts me to do something. I mean, it may be some simple little thing, and I think, ah, oh, that's, it's not like it's God saying, hey, this is God doing this. But he'll prompt me to do something. When am I going to learn I don't know better than God? Just submit to him. Just do it. We resist him. No, it's submit yourselves, therefore, to the Lord. So, okay, God, here's this adversity that's come into my life. I'm submitting myself to you. I want to honor you in this. Number two, rejoice in the Lord. Throughout Philippians, he's continually reminding them to rejoice in the Lord. Number three, labor for the Lord. What effort are you putting into your spiritual life? Seriously, what are you doing to be godly? And I don't mean just coming to church. I mean, what are you doing to know God? What what labor, what effort, what... And that's, it's the labor, it's the effort that produces the joy. I get to know Him, and I have joy, and, and the joy produces a greater love, and the love produces a greater effort. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful cycle. But laboring to know the Lord and laboring for the Lord, we're... Planting generously, I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm serving joyously, I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm standing firmly, I'm doing it for the Lord. That changes everything. And then, rest in the Lord. You know what? Um, If people don't like you, and you have a clear conscience with them and with God, oh well. I mean, seriously. You can't control all these things that you can't control. It doesn't go the way you want. I'm going to rest in the Lord. God will take care of it. I just need to submit to Him, rejoice in Him, love Him. And rest in him. You know the unique thing. We have. I was going to say we have no idea what's going to happen in 2016. I don't. Seriously. I don't often listen to the Pope's proclamation Christmas Day. But I, I read a little thing that caught my, my eye. I told Marilyn coming in tonight. The Pope said. Um, This may be the last Christmas for many people. I thought, really? What's he know? I just just thought, that's interesting. If you want to know more why I think it's interesting, you can talk to me afterwards. But 
We don't have any idea what the next year holds. We don't have any idea what tonight holds. It's out of our control. But I can take control for my attitudes, my effort, my actions, and I can rest in the Lord. Paul, from the book of Philippians, gives us over and over, I press toward the mark, that's effort, for the prize of the high calling. And then he says, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I'm resting in the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you would make personal these truths. Lord, we're all prone to try to take control of things that you never intended us to control. And then, Lord, we're prone to excuse and neglect areas that we can control. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us to make sure that the grace you have given to us is not in vain. Lord, I pray that the people that we come in contact with would notice about us a different attitude that is desirable. Lord, I pray that our effort would be pleasing to you that we wouldn't be content with, well, that's good enough with eternal things. But that we would be committed to doing that which truly is the best for your glory. Lord, may the peace of you rule in our hearts as we rest in you. And may that peace Be a testimony to everyone we come in contact with. And may you be glorified. Lord, we praise you for your faithfulness. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.